Warning, the following audio transmission is based on theory and is intended for entertainment purposes only. It's Doomsday and its affiliates will not be held liable for anything your dumbass does. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome everybody to It's Doomsday Podcast. Today is March 20th, 2022. Time is 15.08. Joining me tonight is Codename Big Daddy Press, a.k.a. Al. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great, buddy. And also joining us back for part two of the history of Russia and Ukraine is Michael Keith from the Real Conservative Podcast. What's up, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Real Conservative Talk Podcast. There you go. There we go. I'm not... My podcast isn't big enough for it to uh, pop up as a suggestion when you type in real conservative, okay? So you have to type in real conservative talk. <laughs> well, it'll get Look, there. Michael, you picked two words there that, <laughs> that are really researched, so hey, listen, you know? <laughs> hey, yeah. yeah. You should have said zebra conservative or something like that, and you would have just oh, wham, you'd been right up there, you know? I don't know how many people... Uh, Research zebra and conservative in the I, same. I, but if they had of you would have popped up number one. <laughs> it's have. true. That is very it's true. It's good. It's it is good logic. So guys, what we're gonna do is we're gonna pick up uh, where we left off last week um, with Russia Ukraine history uh, part two, and we're gonna try to get it all wrapped up in this episode because we, you know, it's getting to the point where we are just beating a horse. You know, we're beating a dead horse with this Russia Ukraine right. stuff, and I definitely want to step away from it after this episode. And get back into the prepping stuff. But before you guys lose your train of thought that are lis- our listeners out there, um, just want to throw out the new email. It's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you could find me on TikTok at it's doomsdaypodcast 2.0. You could find me on Clapper at it's doomsdaypodcast. You could find Al over on TikTok at big underscore daddy underscore prep. And you could find Michael over on TikTok at rc underscore talk. Yep. All right. So now that we got that out of the way, wherever you guys want to jump into this, you know, feel free to. I really wanted to get into the biolab stuff. Yeah. My, Michael's the he's the he's the one that knows about the biolabs things. And he he can definitely give you a history that me and you could ever think of. Jester. You know, uh, I will say I want to go back to what you said about, you know, beating a dead horse on this Russia, Ukraine thing. I think it's actually very important for people to listen and understand the actual history because you're getting two different extreme sides of the story. If you are in Russia or in China, or as opposed to, so, you know, being in Western Europe or in the United United States. Um, and it's, it's a very gray area. It's not black and white. Like the media presents it. And then going into the bio labs, it's definitely, definitely, not black and white it's very uh i mean i don't know where you want me to start with this jester we can start kind of going into you know some of the stuff i wrote about and have talked about on my show you know on how this biolab thing uh has gotten to where it is well before before you get into that i mean to go back to this beating the dead horse comment what i meant by that is i know a lot of people come into this channel for the prepper content the gun talk a little bit of the conspiracy stuff and survival talk um to our listeners out there you know i just didn't want to keep you guys on this too long although michael is right understanding this and getting the history of this is is very important uh there's a lot of people out there that are walking around with blinders on that, that are backing everything that our government's doing with this Russia Ukraine thing. And I, I think when we start getting into the biolab side of this, it kind of paints a little bit different of a picture. At least it did for me anyway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm team Russia, but I'm also definitely not team Ukraine either. Right. Jester. Let me say this to all the listeners out there that listen to us every week that are preppers. If you're a prepper, you need to know why you're prepping. 
this is mm -hmm. one of the reasons why you're prepping. The, the the things that happen, the turmoil that happens as a result of what's going on across the seas over there. Also, if you're a planner, if you're a gun enthusiast, if you're a homesteader, all these things affect you. They affect your fuel, your food. You know, I heard people, more people this year saying they're going to make a garden and have a garden and, 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 and grow a garden than I've ever heard before because people are scared of how this is going to affect their economy and their life, their way of living. So Russia, Ukraine has a very, very, any conflict in the world has a huge bearing on the way our society runs. So it is a dead horse because the mainstream media wants to continue to give you a, a narrative they want you to believe. But doing your research and finding out the things that really happen in this conflict before, present, and in the future it's it's paramount in you understanding what's going on in the world so you know how to prepare you know how to plan you know what to do how the economy affects you and how it's going to affect you so it's very important to our listeners that's i'll 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 get off my soapbox with that one but this affects everything that has to do with everybody yeah absolutely and i don't know if you guys noticed uh i know well i don't think you guys or i know jester's not really on facebook but I am. And one thing I noticed is there's the fundraisers that Facebook allows people to operate. And a lot of them are, you know, trying to raise money for Ukraine. When you see how many fundraisers there are and the amounts of money that these are uh, bringing in, it does make you question how profitable this situation really is. We know about the military industrial complex. We know what they will do to, you know, m make money. That's not, that's nothing new, but you know, how is this profiting people or how are people profiting from this in other ways? How do we know, like, where's the accounting on where that money is going from these fundraisers? Where's good? Well, you remember back during 9/11 when there were all kind, you know, everyone was torn about 9/11. There was this huge outpouring of, you know, every time you turn around, there was T-shirts about 9/11 and spirit. How many people made money off of a tragic event of 9/11 that didn't give any of it to the causes that really had to do with the people of 9/11? They just simply mined money out of what happened on 9-11 this is a similar situation people are mining money out of what's going on in ukraine those folks that are in the military industrial complex in the government and then all kinds of people off to the side they're just crooks and criminals absolutely i, I agree i agree with you on that one um i i it, it's really hard for you to depict where the money could be going but how you brought up the you know the 9-11 thing i don't know how many songwriters utilize different things about 9-11 over the years and you know they were making a profit off that right, right. so this this could be just another one of those things but um i don't know guys we could jump off into this at any point you want i mean i don't so i i mean i have gosh so much documentation here we can go through i mean what what do you want to know about the bio labs well Hey preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com, D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. Let me ask a question to you, to Michael, because I know Jester usually, he knows pretty much what your information is, but I don't. And what I want to know, Michael, is what's today's Ukraine and the bio labs that they're finding today, what caused those labs to be there? Because a lot of people are like, I can't believe that we support labs in Ukraine. I'm like, hold on a minute now. Those labs were there for a long time, but now how did our money get there? So kind of get us in the last question. 10 years. What okay. happened to get so it, it goes back further than 10 years. Okay. okay. Uh, the, the reason I say it goes back further than 10 years is because you've had a, a few different pieces of legislation that have come into play. Well, one's you have two pieces of legislation really. And um, one agreement It's not really legislation. It was a, a deal that was brokered between uh, Obama and Richard Luger in Ukraine. But in 1992, so following the fall of the Soviet union, you now had, however many individual states, right, that were under the Soviet rule. 
all of these states were, were communist states. And overnight, they turned into a free market society. And what people don't realize in Russia, Russia never in their 1,000-year history or however long they've been around has ever, never, ever, ever had democracy. Right. All right. They don't even know what democracy is. Well, they may now, but not, not at that point in time. The same goes for a lot of these, these former Soviet states as well. And when you have such a drastic change in an economic system where everything went from being run and owned and operated by the government to now being privatized, well, you have at that point your elites – that are going to come in and start taking advantage. They're going to start buying up what used to be public property uh, and they're privatizing it. And the regular everyday person is, you know, it's creating an economic gap that is just extremely wide, much wider than what we always talk about here in the United States. So our politicians looked at, okay, well, there's instability in these regions. These regions also hold a substantial amount of nuclear and biological weapons that the Soviet Union had transported to there. And, you know, Ukraine, I mean, how many uh, Chernobyl you have, the one that just got bombed, I can't remember the name of the other nuclear power, it's the largest one in uh, Europe. So you have yeah. all of this stuff and, you know, these, these dangerous programs that are still, you know, these states are still operating. And the last thing the United States wanted was, Instable regions or unstable regions uh, being able to have this kind of weaponry. So they, the bill in 1992, it is the Freedom Support Act of 1992. And it, part of that bill focused on the non proliferation and disarmament programs and activities. And it basically said that any of these states that uh, participated in the proliferation of nuclear and biological weapons would not get any kind of funding uh, and aid from the United States. And these economies were, were, were terrible. Like you had inflation was through the roof. I mean, people were starving. Uh, all of these social welfare programs, like let's say a social security, imagine every elderly person in the United States losing their social security overnight. Right. You know, this is the kind of stuff they're dealing with. So they needed that aid, they needed that money, and they also needed help transforming into that free market society. And then a lot of these needed help, you know, going into a democracy. So we were willing to fund these, fund the aid, send them money, but they could not uh, take part in the proliferation of these weapons programs. Now, what another part of that same legislation, though, said that they these former states had to allow for the expansion of U United States business in those regions. So it was focused on bringing corporations and business opportunities, you know, from the U S over to Ukraine and getting into these markets, not just Ukraine, but all the other states too, into these markets that, that were new and upcoming. They weren't, they weren't regulated. They weren't, uh, it's just untapped, right? And the first people that knew anything about it are our politicians. Right. And in, in, I, it, we can, I'll send, uh, Jester the links to this stuff too, so he can put it on the show so people can realize this. But, um, they had to follow all of these restrictions that the United States has had placed on them to get money. They needed money and the United States and our politicians basically looked at it like this is a substantial opportunity for us to go and make crazy amount of money by pushing our U.S. businesses in this region. Now, you may be saying, well, uh, they only receive money if they stop these programs. That's an important thing. In 2005, Richard Luger, Who's the senator? He also is the one that that did all of the, uh, you know, nuclear reduction bills and bio uh, weapon reduction bills and all that stuff in the early nineties. Uh, him and Barack Obama, only a few months after Obama became senator, went over to Ukraine, 
and brokered an agreement with Ukraine saying that we will provide you, I believe is around $15 million, something like that, in aid. But uh, these programs, these bioweapon programs and these bio labs you have over here, you don't have to shut them down. You can keep operating them, but it's going to be a partnership between the United States and Ukraine. And the Department of Defense and the Health Ministry of Ukraine are going to collaborate and share information about all of the research that takes part in these labs. Another a definition I want to uh, provide, what is the definition of proliferation? It means the rapid growth of something. Or if you want to say it in biological terms, it means the rapid reproduction of a cell or an organism. Right. Rapid is the key word. Every definition of proliferation means rapid. It doesn't mean – so when you see these you know, weapons non-proliferation or weapon proliferation agreement, it's focused at you know, stopping the rapid growth of these weapons. But they still are creating these weapons. It's not, you know, it's, it's just saying that, hey, the Soviet Union can't go and make 30,000 nukes, you know, in a matter of two years like they did in the, so- in the Cold War. Right. They can keep building nukes. We just can't go overboard with it. Right. That's all that is. So, so, go ahead. So, basically, it's sort of like the Ukrainians or the Ukrainian government – they were like a, a diabetic dropped inside of a candy store. They really shouldn't be messing with eating the candy, and the government's money and everything, but that's all there was to eat. So that's what I ate. And now I'm sick. That's what happened to them, basically, correct? I mean, exactly. they took yep. our money, they took our influence. And before it was over with, they had basically sold out to us, i.e., us being a proxy state to do what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But they yes. had no choice at the point because they were already involved at that point. Exactly. Okay. And where does Russia come in on this is Russia's looking at this and Putin is in power. Putin came in power in 2000. Okay. Yeah. From 2000 to 2007 in Putin's first term there, uh, he didn't do any kind of foreign policy that would have been bad for the United States. We went over this last time. He has to join NATO. He has to join the European Union. Yep. He has for a lot of that stuff. But he's also looking at Ukraine and some of these other former Soviet states and seeing that the U.S. is getting heavily involved. Right. And, he all, and he's thinking to himself, you know, NATO is not a partnership. NATO is basically U.S. conquered territories. They do what the U.S. wants to do. There's no doubt about it. We know this. Um, And he didn't want these border states to Russia falling into that same deal. He also probably was well aware of that 2005 agreement. And in that agreement, it also says that all the information that – and research and data that comes up from these biolabs is confidential information that will be exchanged between the health ministry of Ukraine and the uh, U S department of defense and should not be released to the, the public at all. Um, it, the next year or it really the same year, 2005, a bill was introduced in Congress called the Nun Luger Cooperative Threat Reduction Act of 2007 is really what I think when it passed. And that act went and uh, repealed all of the restrictions around um, biological weapons programs and biological labs uh, that, you know, in these former Soviet states. It now allowed them to still receive money and aid from the United States. And they could go and take and, and do research in in these bio labs. It basically got rid of that provision in the 1992 act. So, about that same time, what you start seeing is you can go and you can go on to sam.gov. You can get access. You got to, you know, just go through all the steps. I ended up getting access. You start seeing government contracts 
that are given out to U.S. private businesses like Metabiota, uh, CH2M, Black & Veatch to go and start building these biolabs and doing research in the biolabs in Ukraine and Georgia. So basically the two pieces of legislation that were done in 2005 to 2007, it just allowed this enormous business opportunity to take place in the form of, uh, you know, bioscience, whatever you want to call it in these former Soviet states. Let me ask you a question, Michael. Do you think that if Congress had not been pre-warned to what was taking place in Ukraine as far as the business opportunities and the opportunities to basically do wrong, okay, let's just face it, they were doing wrong, and they knew they could. If Congress hadn't known about this and they wouldn't have the opportunity to have leaked it to their friends and people in elite business and things like that, do you think this would have happened the way it did? I mean, I kind of got my feelings that they had their fingers in the pie for a long time in Washington, and they saw, and a lot of them made... Well, that's what, exactly what it ha what happened. It, here's the thing. You can't even... Oh, I didn't... You're in the Matrix. money for themselves. Yeah. You're in the matrix there. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I thought you were done talking, uh, but I didn't. I didn't catch that back part. No, I was done. I was uh, done. Go ahead. No, I was just saying that they, they wouldn't have made the money that they made. I mean, they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have been able to have, have profited the way they did and got away with the things that they did in Ukraine if Washington and, and the Congress hadn't known ahead of time, so they could tip off. Well, the, the problem is, is there's no scenario that that works because Congress is the ones that that know everything. Because you're talking about. The Soviet Union, right? In a Cold War. We had so much legislation and agreements that were brokered in Congress and by presidents since the 19, uh, you know, since 1949. Uh, they're the ones that, that caused the, you know, ended up causing basically the fall of the Soviet Union. And, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm just kind of generalizing it. They were in, they were involved the, the entire way. That's the thing. They're the only ones that did know about it. There was no way for them not to know about it because they're the ones that that uh, put the legislation in place to allow for the uh, opportunities, you know, in these regions to be taken advantage of by U.S. businesses. That was allowed by legislation passed by Congress. So there's really no situation where they wouldn't have known. The perception is publicly and that is dirty and that a lot of them got rich off the back of things like Ukraine, Afghanistan, Iraq, you know, special deals that they were able to have foreknowledge of things that passes on to their friends and them themselves mm -hmm. made money on too. So I just kind of confirms what I what I've always thought and what most people out there in the in the in the in the world think here in the US, everybody thinks everybody in Washington is dirty and for the most part they've been proven to be in the past. Mm -hmm. So I was just wanting your opinion on that. Yeah, so. Ukraine and some of these other states, because Georgia's another one. By the way, Georgia was invaded by uh, Putin earlier, uh, yes. a few years ago, right? Yes. So this isn't the first time this has really happened. Now, it hasn't gone down as big of a deal as what it is right now. Um, but how much do the biolabs play into this conflict? Well, it's a good propaganda tool for Russia, especially after COVID and everything that happened with COVID. You know, um, was there really a national security threat for Russia? I don't see it. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Because we, from our point of view, would NATO have ever just started shooting off nuclear or biological weapons at, at Russia for no reason? No. No. Absolutely not. But we look at Russia like, well, they may use this against us. Russia looks the same way at us. You know, we don't, they don't know what NATO's trying to do and what their intentions are. Correct. I, so, I agree with you. So there's two sides of the conflict. The other thing is, would you want Russia making uh, or funding biological research after a pandemic in Cuba or in Mexico? And housing missiles 
and soldiers and all that like we would if Ukraine joined NATO. Hell no. No, you're right. You're right. Um, but I will say this because it gets deeper with these biolabs. The biolab thing to me is not so much a driving reason in the in the Ukraine war, but it is something that people in the United States really need to pay attention to because it exposes a lot of our current politicians all the way up to the top with our president. Right. Yeah, there's no left-right par- The left-right paradigm is, is dead. I mean, we all know now that the left and the right both are just the wings of the same bird, and yep. most of the bird is corrupt, okay? The very few that aren't corrupt will become that way sooner or later. It's just a matter of time. But, you know, the biolabs, they worry me to death. What really worries me is the weapons that we're using. Because let's face it, we've had all kind of incidents happen in the last week or so where, you know, accidentally a drone crashed here accidentally this happened but putin said the other day that you know he considered anything that we the western world nato and the u.s weapon wise bring into ukraine for assistance he considers that to be well i mean aiding the enemy to him and he Mm -hmm. considers those to be targets that's what worries me because here's the thing we we want to fight over what we see and what we see happening there but we're not getting involved which i don't think we should be Frankly, militarily, our military should not be there fighting this war, but we're giving assets and we're giving money and we're giving huge amounts of, of financial aid to Ukraine. But now Putin's put his foot down and said, hold on a minute, that right there, I'm not going to allow that. So I, I can't really blame him there. You know, the, the rest of the world seems to be aiding Ukraine in this fight. And it's kind of like him against all of us. So yeah. I just I, I'd like to know what you think about that because you've studied a lot about Ukraine. You studied a lot about Russia. You know about this conflict. Where is this going in the long run? Is what I what I want to know. As far as where it's going in the long run is is all speculation. Um, I've been under the impression, and I know I've talked. I think I've talked to Jester about this before. I think that Putin is now in a situation where he can't settle for anything less than 100% of his demands. I agree. Because too many Russian soldiers have died, regardless of whatever the estimates are. Uh, you know, I've seen RS, the U.S. estimates and the Ukraine's estimates are far higher than what the Russians are reporting. Mm-hmm. But when you look at videos, the Russians aren't the ones that are collecting their dead soldiers. The Ukrainians are the ones collecting the dead soldiers. And I saw an article today saying that they were um, exchanging dead Russian soldiers for Ukrainian POWs. Yeah. So Russia probably doesn't even know what they're – I'm sure they have an idea. They're just not reporting what their total death toll is. But it's in the thousands. More people – more Russian soldiers have died so far no matter – what are we on, 20-something days now? Um, we're 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 getting close to four weeks. I mean, we're we're getting real yeah. there. I think I think he took over like on a, wasn't a Sunday or a Monday something like that when he first invaded. So we're getting close to four weeks. Yeah, and uh, what? So I want to say estimates are probably between ten and fifteen thousand dead Russian soldiers. There's more Russian soldiers died in four weeks than uh we had die. Sorry. Three times more Russian soldiers have died in a matter of four weeks, and we had died in 20 years fighting uh, wars in Af- Afghanistan and Iraq combined. Wow. wow. So yeah. something to throw out there to you guys. It was February 24th, 2022. Mm. So we're coming up on a month. Yeah. Yep. Real close So to far. It. Real close to it. Well, the thing that really worries me is the most is, is I understand – I understand what I think Putin's doing. I'm sure the rest of the world has their idea what it is. But I wonder how far are we going to go? How, how, how much further are we going to stick our foot in the door of this situation? We're get, we've given a ton of aid. I mean, financial aid. What's it, close to $16 billion now we've given or we're mm-hmm. giving along with all the weaponry. But see, Putin made a statement yesterday. I understand. We're not, excuse me. It was like Friday, I believe it was. But he didn't want to allow the former Soviet technology when it came to uh, uh, ground-to-air missile-type technology 
to be given back because you know these former Soviet states still have these things in their <laughs> in their stockpile weaponry. They're wanting to give it to Ukraine, and he's not with that. He's he's not seeing that at all. That's what worries me is we're getting down to brass tacks here where he's making. This is what I'm not going to allow, and we're going to continue on doing things. So I, that's what worries me. Somebody's going to push the wrong button sooner or later, and it doesn't have to be a button on a panel. It could be a button with somebody. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, we're walking a thin line. We really are. And, Very. you know, I'm glad that Biden has had uh, the sense to, like, not go on and employ a no-fly zone, right? right. Like I, I it makes as much as I don't like Biden or anyone in his administration, it gives you a little bit of a peace of mind that he is being cautious on some of the stuff he's doing. Now, a lot of people don't like that and he's catching a lot of shit for it. Um, you know, like saying, Oh, you're not doing enough, you know, and this from both sides, right. but I've maintained the stance that we shouldn't be involved. I still maintain the stance. We shouldn't be involved. Um, I know a lot of people disagree with that, but if you want to find something good, in my opinion, that Biden and his administration has done it, it now leading up to this, because he, you could also argue he's the, a lot of the cause for this, which he is probably. Um, but as far as after the invasion started, you know, at least he's been cautious on, on what he's been doing. You know, he's been hesitant on giving s- some aid. Now they are giving aid, uh, but that could change. It could change as soon as maybe Russia starts using bioweapons. I heard something yesterday. Apparently, some Ukrainian citizen came out and said that they physically saw white phosphorus being dropped on on Ukrainian people. And if that is confirmed, I've seen reports saying that that would be our line. That would be him crossing the line that we would end up taking action. Well, so, Michael, I wanted to bring something up to you, too, and I know we had talked about this. I don't know if it was on your show or maybe maybe I overheard you talking about it on your show. Um, there was talks if you know, if any American citizens uh, died or got injured within this conflict, we would get involved. And I know we have had uh, some reporters die over there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, have these has this been confirmed is this just speculation i mean do you know anything no that's been that's been confirmed three uh two or three there's been three reporters die i believe they all worked for fox news um one may have been doing anything about it yeah could be (laughs) well one of them may have been an independent reporter but he was still american but i think he had ties to fox news and then the other two were the cameramen so I don't know if you watch Fox News even uh, like kind of later at nights, Jester, but he was on. He was he would actually uh, run his own segment from Ukraine on Fox News in one of the later time slots. What was his name? It's Benjamin Hall, and he was severely hurt. I don't I don't know if he got blown up or or whatever, but his two uh, crew people that were with him both died. Those were two of the three, and then that other independent reporter and then he was hurt now he's out of ukraine now so they got him out but i don't know i haven't gone and followed up on how bad he was hurt they said he's all right now uh but those are american citizens but then yesterday or the day before they came out and said that the first american citizen was killed in the war and i'm thinking i'm like we just had three reporters that were killed so they're not i don't think they're counting reporters in that toll because they're taking the risk to be there which the other guy did too uh, but that's like their job, right? It's like, uh, I don't know what the difference would really even be, but we're not going to do anything. If if U.S. citizens are in there, I think you're going to hear them say, hey, we've been warning you to get out for over a month, two months. Um, you're there at your own risk. Well, I've got a story here that I'm, I'm a story I've just brought up. I just saw it a few minutes before we went on to start recording, and it's from the uh, Daily Star. It's uh, three American mercenaries with U.S. flags in backpack killed in Ukraine, Russia media is reporting. So this is uh, unconfirmed reports from Russia media and claim that three American mercenaries were killed in the Kremlin back breakaway regions of the Ukraine with soldiers said to have had a U.S. flag in their backpack. Now, these are not U.S. soldiers, but these are American citizens, even though they've gone over there probably fighting because there's been a lot of people that have reported for duty over there, like they really had a duty being over there. 
That's what worries me. So that's if I think I know the story you're talking about. Uh, there was an interesting one that came out, and this is where the propaganda thing gets really interesting. Because, and the reason why I think it's connected is because you said three of them were killed and they're mercenaries. I believe that Russia released those names, and they, uh, those three people are identified as National Guard soldiers, National Guard or Army Reserve soldiers. They had gone and supposedly looked at a registry of U.S. soldiers that had been deployed to Ukraine uh, in the last several years, came up with those three names, and those three people are actually still alive back here in the United States. Wow, wow. See how disinformation happens? You know, I just happened to see I didn't even have a chance to read the whole story. I just started in on it before we came on. So disinformation is all over the place. You have to really do your research. Well, and it makes you wonder what side is true, uh, because the only article I seen, I hadn't seen it from the Russian side, but I did read an article where, um, uh, it was explaining that these three soldiers that were identified by Russian media as being killed are actually here in the United States and were safe. And they were saying that Russia probably went and looked at a registry of, you know, a deployment over there to Ukraine in the last however many years and, and got those three names and put them right, down. Yeah. You know, it makes you. I don't know those three people. Maybe they, maybe they were over there. Who knows? But well, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't know them. You know, I don't think that that will be a cause for. I think any American that dies in the U.S. Uh, or not in the U.S. in Ukraine will be escalated by Russia, and not us. You know, if if Russia's killing them and seeing that there's Americans that are soldiers being killed, that may piss them off, thinking that we're interfering. Um, but if I don't see the United States looking at it and saying, oh, I can't believe that he's killing Americans because the hell the Russians don't freaking know they're not over there wearing American flags. Right. I've also heard a report that, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're getting substantial amounts of troops from other countries. You know, supposedly 17,000 Chechnyan fighters were heading to Ukraine to assist the Russians. 40,000 that Syria is supposed to be sending, 40,000 mercenaries they're sending. So Russia is definitely getting some assistance here. They're not fighting this war against all of us, the rest, the rest of the world, without any assistance. They've got other yeah. countries helping them. You know, you know, you got Belarus, you've got, you know, Syria that's definitely in the back pocket because of the fact that what Putin do a few years ago, he helped, he helped Assad help mm-hmm. Syria when they had the problem they had there in their country. Yep. You know, so they're not and by the, themselves. And the Syrians have been fighting urban warfare for gosh how long for years. you know uh yeah so you have an experienced fighting force going into these cities now the chechnyans is a funny one because i always see videos on there's youtube shorts or on tiktok and stuff and yeah. it's about these chechnyans and they look like badass dudes right they do they, yeah. they're big guys i think they went in though uh one some right when they went in there was what 500 of them when they first started making these videos and they got wiped the fuck out yeah. <laughs> immediately <laughs> well i heard that first uh, 150 or so syrians that landed on the ground i think 40 or 50 percent of them were in the hospital the next day they had already had a reaction to something whether it be the water or whatever it was when they got there they were sick in a medical unit mm-hmm. the next day so you know he, he's getting assistance he might not be getting the best of assistance <laughs> yeah you know. so i just thought the chechen thing was funny because they look yeah. like god i wouldn't want to be fighting yeah. them and they went and, and ukraine has been wiping the floor with them yeah, uh, yeah. And the Chechnya one's an interesting deal because Russia went in there and just, I mean, obliterated that place. And it makes you want, and that wasn't that long ago. It makes you wonder why are they wanting to help the Russians? Yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah, it definitely does. It's, it's, it's a, this is a whole war, not only a war of, of, of shells and, and, and bullets. This is a, this is a war of, of mainstream media narratives crossed with disinformation, crossed with, uh, it's just craziness. You know, you have to do research. You have to look at things with open mind. You cannot just go what mainstream media tells you. Uh, they say Russia bad, Ukraine good. Okay, now you can't listen to that. You have to. We found out what happened when that was. Uh, uh, you know, Orange Man bad, Biden good. Two years mm-hmm. ago, we found out what happened with that. So this is a situation we can't afford to lose out on this one. Yeah. This is not just an election. This could be World War Three. This could be the end of all of us. Yeah. You need to go back. If you want good information, you need to go. If you're going to watch a YouTube video, make sure it's from prior to the invasion. When I say prior, like a few years prior to the invasion. 
yeah. uh, you know, somewhere maybe around 2014 to 2017 uh, information because it wasn't as big of a deal and we were reporting on it a lot more realistically. Uh, there's a lot of uh, John Mearsheimer's good. Vladimir Posner is a good source. They explain it in depth. I mean, Vladimir Posner, go look him up on YouTube. He'll, he'll tell you everything you need to know within a matter of 30 minutes. Everything. You'll, get, you'll understand the entire story. But if you're going to look up information, you know, that's only been put out in the last month, good luck because you're not going to get yeah. the real story. Um, right. but this goes it's back a, very, a long ways. This is a very tangled web here. You know I mean? The Ukraine, the Ukraine-Russia thing is not as simple as good little Ukraine got invaded by big bad Russia. It's just not that simple, folks. I don't know how – I don't have the way to tell you. I mean I can't make it any simpler. Now, you you have to really get away from what Fox and uh, CNN are telling you and actually hear what's really going on in the world because if you follow that, you'll give your whole paycheck to Ukraine tomorrow. And you'll be uh, getting us in World War Three. You really need to find out what's going on to the listener out there. Yeah. You know? Now the people in Ukraine that are defending their, that are you know defending their home. For, here's the thing: the majority of the Ukrainians, okay, are fighting because they want to fight for their country and and they like they love their country, right? It'd be no different than than someone coming and invading us. Right. Would it would it could it have been caused by our politicians? Yeah, but we wouldn't be worrying about that at that point in time. We'd be focused on whooping ass and getting people out of here and getting back to normal. Right. Um, and that's where Ukraine's at. So, you know, my support, I'm 100% behind the people of Ukraine, 100%. But I'm also well aware that the United States has caused a lot of this, uh, a, a substantial portion of this. Uh, Russia can be viewed as, you know, at fault for some of it. Ukraine plays a role in all of this and, and um you know, it's unfortunately it's the people of Ukraine that are having to deal with the consequences. I agree. Hey, preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com, D O O M 10 for 10% off at readywise.com. Jester, we ain't heard from you in a minute. Are you still awake back there? You know, I just I just have so much knowledge on all these topics, I'm just saving it till the very, very end. I, I don't blame you. Hey, save your love for the end, yeah. No, I still, you know, I so something to me is as we talked about at the beginning, a lot of people are feeling this, right? Um, something I wanted to throw out there in the out when in the beginning of this out when you were talking about uh people buying up seeds and doing the gardens, things like that. I just wanted to point out to everybody that I've been getting reports from people that that August Farms, the meals they sell at Walmart, went up by twenty five percent. They're now at uh, twenty five dollars a kit now, yep. from twenty to twenty five. Mm-hmm. So there are there are people feeling this now. To get into, you know, this being for Ukraine or not being for Ukraine, I think our government is heavily tied in this, and I think that's the only reason we're over there in the first place. And I'm just waiting for a big bombshell to be dropped that they can't cover up. Um. That, that shows our, our deep involvement with this, of why we're over there, what's going on, why they're silencing certain areas, things like that. So I can get deeper if you want on this biolab deal. <laughs> yeah, let's let's do it. So, all right, I, you know, I think you knew this. I submitted that article I wrote, oh, gosh, four days ago now. And for the first two days, I, I had published it on Reddit and a few threads on Reddit. And everywhere I published it, they said, oh, look, it's Russian disinformation, you know, at its finest, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, it's... Michael, real quick, on yeah. that, I, I want to say something, because I tried looking up the Biolab thing to, to say what was going on, and Google and certain other outlets, search engines, are trying to portray this as QAnon shit that is starting to grow. It Like, it grew from QAnon, but continue. Yeah, that's so, what they're trying to do. Yeah, well, they're... they're uh, Look, when my the title of my article says evidence links Hunter Biden and U.S. government officials to biological labs in Ukraine, I put a picture of Hunter Biden as the picture like that is supposed to show up when I share the uh, the article, like the Facebook or Twitter or whatever. When I share it to Facebook, they will not allow the picture of Hunter Biden to be to be shown. Everywhere else does, but they, Facebook keeps changing it. Um, 
now they allowed the article and I've gotten, gosh, I mean, it's been shared over a thousand times now. Uh, but two days before it was all Russian disinformation. I'm sitting there. I'm like, what do you mean? It's Russian disinformation. All of my, my links, all of my resources that I've gained the evidence from are all from the United States government run websites. I don't have one link tied to another, you know, BS article or any kind of Russian speculation. It's all, I, I posted the PDFs to the actual agreements, the bills explained them in depth. Uh, the, I put the exact government contracts that were ga- given out uh, showing this stuff is true. I've posted uh, the actual bank statements from hedge funds paying Hunter Biden, everything. There's, And I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, uh, we have people that say the main, every, everyone agrees, both sides, the mainstream media lies. Everyone does either, either it's Fox news lying to the liberals or, or vice versa. Right. Everyone right. in this country agree. agrees that the mainstream media will twist the narrative to go with their agenda. But they, um, but then a lot of these sites, when you try and, you know, post information and provide evidence, they only want links to what they call credible sources. And these credible sources are the mainstream media websites that they always bitch and complain is lying to them. And when an independent site comes in there with actual evidence, actual sources, you know, like I don't use the term per anonymous sources like these, you know, MSM sites do like any source I have is legitimate. Um, They say, no, no, it's, it's misinformation. It's disinformation. I'm like, you know, misinformation means it's wrong information. It doesn't matter who freaking writes the article, what country writes the article or puts it out. If it's actually true, it's true. Who cares who wrote it, right? Um, well, Michael, well, day- I remember a time, you're younger than me, but I remember a time back in America when you, when you wrote an article and if it wasn't right, nobody listened to it, nobody read it. But if they read it, they say, oh, well, hold on a minute now. That doesn't follow our narrative. So, you know, it's got to be misinformation. You know, at one time there were actual real journalists out there. That's what the people in yeah. the non-mainstream media are trying to do. Mainstream media journalists do not they don't they don't write articles. All they do is report what they're told to report. I have learned so more real- factual information from blogs than yeah. I have the mainstream media lately. Yep, I agree. And the the reason I brought that up though is because two days later, what comes out? Oh, the New York Times confirms the Hunter Biden laptop is real. Yeah, only I was just going to bring that up. Only two years after everybody else did. Yeah, after the yeah, non-mainstream media. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, well, hell, here I am. I just got accused of spreading Russian propaganda, right? Even though I had all the evidence. And, oh, wait, you mean even the New York Times is saying this laptop's real? Yeah. <laughs> and so let me get, dig into this Hunter Biden deal. Hunter Biden... Uh, Devon Archer, who worked as a senior campaign advisor for John Kerry in 2004, and Christopher Hines, who is John Kerry's stepson, three-way founded a, a investment fund called Rosemont Seneca. Yep. Rosemont Seneca, on their website back in, I believe it was 2014, which by the way, it's shut down now, I, I think, uh, uh, posted on their website that they had they financially backed companies uh uh the companies metabiota ch2m black and veach do you remember where i said those companies um involvement was they're the ones that are involved with the bio labs in ukraine yep i also saw a cnn article from it must have been back during the election 2020 that was fact-checking the claim that Hunter Biden received $3.5 million from uh, Rosemont Seneca and Devon Archer in payments. Uh, in my article, I found the actual statements which uh, Devon Archer's Rosemont Seneca account was held with Morgan Stanley. I believe it was Morgan Stanley. I have it here, Juan. Uh, is either... Um, let me see. It is Morgan Stanley, yes. And it's 
this PDF is over 260 pages long. And it's every month's statement between the years 2014 to 2016. Every month, there are multiple uh, transactions between five to fifty thousand dollars a piece paying Hunter Biden. It's literally listed on the freaking statements. And I work in the investment industry and very close, like I do most of my job is analyzing people's statements and bringing money over from other firms, right? Like I know how to read these things very well. These are legitimate statements. Showing these transactions. Like, look, okay, I'll give you an example. Um, let's see. So I, I just want to throw something out there real quick, guys. We're about at our time frame. Do we want to make this a part three and pick it back up next week? I would say so. Yeah, I, I mean, because there's more information out there that mm-hmm. people need to get. And, and and I just want to know one. I just want the answer to one question. Maybe, Michael, maybe you can tell me this next week. How between Rosemont Seneca and Burisma and the hookers and the and the dope, did, did he have any time to sleep? So what I want to know. Because I've been working my whole <laughs> life, and I ain't got that kind of energy. But I guess the dope must help you. Because there's so much money that this man has passed through his hands, and he has so much involvement in Ukraine. But yet we're sweeping all this under the carpet like it's nothing. I mean, the president of the United States, or the one you say he is, son, has his hands deeply in the place that happens to be ravaged by war right now. And leading up to this, he had a lot of involvement in companies and money that was transacting and things that were transacting that caused this war. How's that happen? And that's where we're going to pick back up next week. (laughs) The answer to my question, Michael, you'll be number one next week. And we'll call you first. All right. I want to thank all you guys uh, for for joining us in on this podcast. And I I was expecting us to do three parts, guys, but it it looks like it's coming This is an emergency action message. At approximately 1 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Nora is tracking 15 ICBM nuclear missiles inbound to the following cities. Orlando, Miami, Pittsburgh, Dover, Newark, Richland, Philadelphia, New York City, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Boston, Seattle, Detroit. This is an extremely deadly situation. Stay tuned, the next emergency message will be a presidential address.